0: And if you would, get your Bibles out and you can turn with me to the book of 2 Timothy. I will be there in just a moment. I want to say thank you to Pastor Cody and Pastor Matt for just... uh, Uh, just taking and and filling the pulpit while we took a few days off. Michelle and I didn't go anywhere, did a staycation, did some home projects, celebrated 28 years of being married, just all that good stuff. And so uh, we were just glad to be able to take a few moments to uh, catch our breath and and step away from everything, just as I hope that all of you had. And not one of those COVID moments where we were trying to quarantine, but one of those moments where we were just, you know, getting a clear mind and just uh, getting refreshed and getting ready to be back here in the pulpit. Thank you for being here this morning for everyone that's online watching thank you for your faithfulness as well every single one of you are invaluable to God and important to us and we are honored to be able to be your pastors thank you for sharing in that moment with my family I look forward to the upcoming weeks we've got water baptisms on schedule we've got more baby dedications on schedule I say keep bringing in those kiddos amen and let's uh, see what God's gonna do in their lives and so we're so grateful for our church and our church family well if you would let's get into the word together I believe there's a specific word for the day for every single one of us. I know it's very personal for me, and I pray that you will receive it in a very personal manner as well. The title of the new series is Navigating Through Uncertainty. In church, without question, we live in one of the most uncertain times that you and I have ever been faced with. Now, I know that our nation and the history of our nation has gone through much, and this is just another one of those moments for our nation as a whole. But for you and I that's alive today, that's walking in this moment, we've never faced anything like it. We think about the COVID pandemic and how it has rested heavy upon every single one of us. It's impacting everything that we do today in our life. We think about the toxic political atmosphere that that we are in. I know that's happened throughout generations as well, but I don't know if it's ever been as toxic as it is now. Uh, We think about our nation's unrest, we think about the ongoing protest, we think about increased violence across our land, we think about constant lies that are being spewed as factual truth, there's an attack against the core family values, I believe there's an attack against our faith, against Christianity, and what it means to stand up for the truth of Jesus Christ. So there is a lot in which we are faced with, and in all of that, there's a lot of uncertainty that is cast in all of our minds we know that we are surrounded in a season of uncertainty. And it's in times such as these, that's what I believe that our trust in the Lord should be as unwavering as ever. Now is the time that we rise up as a church. Now's the time that we rise up above all of the chaos and above all the uncertainty. In my mind, I have this picture. It all kind of settles right here, all the chaos. I believe the church rises above all of that and walks in the peace and the truth of Jesus Christ. I believe this is a time not for our spiritual fire to go out, not for that candle to waver, but for it to burn very bright in the hour in which you and I live. I know that uncertainty is going to do one or two things. One, it's going to cause us to be unwavering. It's going to cause us to rise up with confidence and courage and strength. Or perhaps it could really wear on us in such a manner that we're going to have some anxiety. We're going to have some doubt. We're going to have some fear. I know that Pastor Matt spoke much about this last week and did a phenomenal job on that. It's going to do one of the two. I pray that it doesn't hold us down, but I hope once again that we can rise up. Now, I believe there is a letter in Scripture that is perfect for the hour in which you and I live. It is Paul's second letter to young Timothy. It is a letter of strong encouragement and direction at a time filled with much uncertainty for Paul himself, for Timothy, and for the entire church. Now, we understand that Paul writes this from prison. This is the second time he's been imprisoned in Rome. This is a little bit different than it was the first time. The first time, if I can say, it might have been a little bit more peaceful, but now it is certainly not. The death of him is imminent. We know that, again, the atmosphere is toxic around them, against him, against all believers, of course, and against Timothy, who is going to be the young pastor who goes forth, and he is one of the leaders in the churches. And so uh, he is writing this from prison. I think you and I need to understand that to help us have some good perception as we look at this scripture together. Now, what you're going to find is Paul never writes with anxiety in his voice. Now, when I read in scripture, Paul talks about the anxiety that he had, but he knew to go to the Lord. And he knew how to overcome that. But when he writes these letters, he never wrote with fear. He never wrote with discouragement. He never wrote with an attitude of, oh, woe is me. But he always wrote with one of power because it was anointed by the Holy Spirit. So he had this mindset of victory. He had this mindset of encouragement. So when he writes, you can hear that as he speaks and to the individuals in which he is writing to. In this case, very particularly, it is to Timothy. Let's go there, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse number 1. Let's read together. As I remember your tears, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. Timothy, I am reminded of your sincere faith. A faith that dwelt first in your grandmother, Lois, and then in your mother, Eunice. And now, I am sure, dwells in you as well. For this reason... I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power, of love, and of self-control. Therefore, Timothy, therefore, Timothy, therefore, Kawita Assembly, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God, Who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of His own purpose and grace, which He gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began, and which now has been manifested through the appearing of our Savior Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, for which I was appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher, which is why I suffer as I do. But even though I suffer... I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what hasn't been entrusted to me. Follow the pattern of the sound words that you have heard from me in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. By the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, guard the good deposit that has been entrusted to you. When you read this, you understand that Timothy was in need of an encouraging and a guiding word. And under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, Paul knew exactly what to write, knew exactly what to speak into his life. And church, I believe that you and I need this same word today. You see, I know our struggle looks a little bit different and the hour is a little bit different, but the word that has been given to Timothy here is a word that ought to wake us up this morning as believers in Christ. And I believe that's what needs to happen in the church today. I believe that all of us, once again, we need to be stirred. That flame inside of us needs to be stirred stirred in a way that our passion comes alive for Jesus Christ. You see, what I see Paul writing to Timothy in this time of uncertainty, he's saying, Timothy, as much as you may want to step back, as much as you may want to stay in your little bubble, as much as you may not want to say things very loudly because of what it may cause others to say against you, As much as you want to just pull back, now's not the time to pull back. Now's not the time to give up. Now's not the time to give in. Now's not the time to live in a bubble. Now's the time to proclaim the name of Jesus Christ. So young Timothy, I'm going to speak to you for the next few moments. And I'm going to speak the word of God into you. And I'm going to speak the truth into you. And that sincere faith that's inside of you, it's going to come alive like it never has before. Because you have been called with a purpose to do what I've placed inside of your life. So Timothy, I want you to rise up. I want you to straighten up. And I want you to listen to this word that I'm going to pour deep down into your soul. Amen. So take that in a personal manner. Because when I read Timothy like that, it wakes me up. It wakes me up because I'm like, okay, the Lord is speaking to me through these words in which Paul gave to Timothy. Now, since this, his first letter was written to him, because his first letter was one of just giving him instruction and building his confidence and speaking the truth into his life that he can share with the churches, we know that the opposition has grown. Unbelief has grown. Again, the atmosphere that they are living in, very much like ours, is very toxic. So he is speaking into him, and he's trying to speak into that passion and that relationship and that call that he has within his life. So he dives right into the heart of the matter, and he begins to talk about uh, what needs to happen inside of his life as he navigates through these times of uncertainty. Just a couple things I want to share with you. The first one is this. As you and I navigate through these times... Just like Paul to Timothy, we need to remember who we are in Christ and the gifts that God has given us. Now, in this portion of Scripture, Paul is not talking about Timothy's salvation. Timothy has a sincere faith. He even says that. He talks about his grandmother and his mother and that faith, how that had carried on in him. So Timothy is a believer, and he has a strong faith in Christ. He is talking about his spiritual passion. He's talking about that daily relationship with Jesus. He's talking about that fire burning within him that causes him to want to rise up and be who God has called him to be. You see what the picture that we gather is that Timothy is running on empty. We see that he's had a lot weighing upon him, and now he's just—it's—it's weight upon him to where spiritually he's exhausted. Probably even physically, he feels the toll that's taken upon his life. The battles past, the battle—the battles ongoing, and all the uncertainty that before him, it was just weighing heavy upon him, and it was causing him to weaken in his spiritual life. It was causing that inner man, that inner being, and again, using Paul's word here, that flame inside of him was beginning to flicker, is beginning to go. And so that's what Paul is speaking to. So Paul reminds him of who he is in Christ. One with a sincere faith. One with a strong faith. And I'm going to venture out to say this, church, getting very specifically to every single one of you. You are here this morning, and I believe you're here because you have a sincere faith and a strong faith in the Lord. You are saved. You know the Lord. You know that God has called and put a purpose inside of your life. Can I tell you? God wants to continue to do a work inside of all of you. And so again, as we look at this and we see what happens, Paul is writing about his relationship and the work of the Holy Spirit going on within him. Through the Holy Spirit and the laying on of hands, Timothy had received this gift in which he needed to be equipped and empowered to go forth and do what God had called him to do. I love the way the Amplified Version reads in verses 6 and 7. Look at it with me together. Chapter 1, verse 6-7 says this, That is why I would remind you to stir up, to rekindle the embers of, to fan the flame of, to keep burning that gracious gift of God, that inner fire that is in you by the means of laying on of hands uh, with those of the elders that when they place their hands upon you at your ordination. Then again in verse 7, For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, of cowardness, of of, of craving and cringing and and fawning fear. But what has He given us? He's given us a spirit of power, of love, of a a sound mind. I love it because it says, Of a calm and well-balanced mind, discipline and self-control. That's the spirit that God has placed inside of you, Right? So just knowing that alone ought to help us each and every day that when we wake up we don't have to cower down to negative news. We don't have to cower down to a disease. We don't have to cower down to a toxic political atmosphere. We don't have to cower down to those that are speaking against our faith. We don't have to cower down to those that want to take away who we are as a family and who we are as believers and those that want to shut down the church completely. What we do is we rise up with a well balanced mind in Christ. And we speak with courage. We speak with confidence and we walk in the power that God has given us all in our lives. Amen. Can I tell you, when you're walking with Jesus, you're walking in a whole different way. You're not just walking in your own abilities. You're walking with Jesus and you're walking with the power of God. So before Christ, your life looked a whole lot different. And I'm not just talking about sin, I'm just talking about the way that you carried yourself. But now that you've got Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit inside of your life, you carry yourself in a whole different manner, not in arrogance, but in confidence of who you are in Jesus Christ. Church, rise up in this hour and speak with confidence and live in confidence the faith that God has placed inside of you. That's what's happening here, Paul to young Timothy. He is just helping him and encouraging him and building that inner man inside. I mean, Paul right now, he is stirring the pot. I mean, he is, he, he is blowing into that fire and he's really helping Timothy understand what he needs to do as he navigates through these very uncertain times. I would say I want to speak this same word to you. I want to come to the pulpit this morning and I want to remind each and every one of you, my family that I love so dearly, and my church family, who I love so dearly, and any guests that are with us, and anybody that's watching online, if you are a believer in Christ, I want to remind you of who you are. You are a child of God. You are a child of the creator of all things. The creator of the universe. The creator of the stars and the sun and the moon that are all held in place. You are, you are a child of the one who created everything around you and I. And so whenever something works against us, he is not fearful. He is not afraid. He is not cowering down to that. He is going to put a wisdom and a power inside of us to help us walk through it and navigate through this time because we are his children child of God, I mean, you saw my emotions with my grandson, you, and you had those same emotions with yours. I mean, it's unfair that I get to show them all before you, you know, because you would do the same thing, you love your grandsons and your granddaughters and your children and all your family. And you just see it. As much as I tried hard this morning not to be emotional, I couldn't help it. Because inside of me, I was like, wow, this is my grandson being dedicated back to the Lord. And I'm so proud of my, my, my son-in-law and my daughter and all the family. And what an incredible moment. I think about that and it doesn't even begin to fathom how God feels about you and I. That when we lay our head down to rest, I know we're adults, but he looks over us and I believe he is smiling and I believe he's at peace and I believe that he loves us and he cares for us and he wants us to be blessed and he wants us to be highly favored and he wants us to walk in power and confidence and courage and he wants us to have a fulfilling life, right? I believe when we wake up in the morning, our Father God looks down upon us and he says, All right, this is a day that I have made and I have given it to you. And I want you to enjoy it. And I want you to be peaceful. And I want you to be prosperous. And I want you to walk in a way that people can see a light inside of you, see something different. Because you are my child. You're a child of God. Amen. You're a child of God. So don't let anything in this old world and all this uncertainty steal the joy of who you are in Christ. Scripture goes on. You know the Scriptures well. We are a new creation. We're royal priesthood. We're co-heirs with Christ to the very throne of God. We're the head and not the tail. We're more than a conqueror. We're not defeated. We're victorious in every single way. The Scripture goes on to tell us that we have been gifted, we have been equipped, and we have been empowered to live each and every day for Jesus Christ. And the Spirit that He's placed inside of us, it's one of power and love. This discipline, this sound mind, this well-balanced life, this self-control, power, that's the courage and the confidence in the face of all things. In all things, no matter what all things are. Love, that's our relational characteristics that reflect the very nature of God. Our self-control, that's the focus that leads to decisive and obedient action. That's the spirit that you and I need to be walking in right now. We need each other. We need to encourage each other. We need to stir each other up. And together, we need to walk in the power that's been placed inside of our lives. Paul to Timothy, me to to, to Quita Simley, and every single one of you here today. Everything we need to live such a life that I'm presenting to you here this morning, it's being given to us through the power of the Holy Spirit. You go to Paul's writing to the church in Ephesus, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. This is now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or that we might even think. When we are in communion with God and in fellowship with Him, and when that passion within us is burning bright, we really begin to understand that He's going to do way more than we could possibly ever imagine. How many of you can testify to the fact that God is with you and He helps you every single day of your life? Amen? That was a good moment for me to wipe my nose. All right. I just think about how God is so good to us when we're down and out he picks us up When we don't know what to do he gives us the direction he helps us navigate through these times you know very personally you know I've shared lots of things with you over the last several weeks but you know more than ever in my prayer time I'm like Lord okay I'm ready to get going and I know you're ready to get going I know you're ready, and we're not quite there yet as a nation, but I know we're ready. We want to walk in wisdom. We don't want to be foolish. We want to be smart. We want to be brave, and so we're trying to balance all this out before us, but we want to be effective, and we want to keep being the church, and for me, I just want to keep being the church. I want to keep being alive, and I want to keep reaching out, and I want to keep being a light that shines in the darkness. The reason why it was so easy to just come up with this picture, because that was the image that God put in my mind. I know that lighthouses are somewhat out of date because of all of modern technology. There's a few hundred in use around the world today, but that is there. It is on that point to help those ships navigate through those dangerous waters. And so I see Jesus and the truth of Jesus Christ helping us navigate through these dangerous times in which we live in, and I know He will, but as we follow Him, there's going to be a light that shines. In the community and I believe that's the church that's us and I believe that we can do that so as I'm talking about that passion being stirred and I'm wanting to be an impact I was just I guess feeling a little bit down on myself feeling just useless and I'm like Lord I, I, we've g- we got to get creative we've, we've got to be able to continue to minister and reach out we've had so many things that's had a close up on us of course things are starting to open back up for us and I'm thankful for that But Lord I just give me something that that just helps us as a church to really be that light How many know God's already got the whole picture? He's already seen it. He already knows what's going on. He already knows what feels in my spirit. He knows that he knows what the church needs. He knows what we need to to feel effective to say, hey, I'm with you. We're going to do this. I'm going to help you navigate through these times. So, this is just a simple, simple example of what I'm talking about. So, a few Mondays ago, I'm praying in the morning. I'm like, all right, Lord, here's another week. You know, help us to reach out and help us to be creative, you know, more than just having church, which I love. I love this. But more than that, just be the hands and feet, you know, Monday, you know, through Saturday. Help us do that. So I'm just kind of feeling that way and just, you know, really wanting to, to reach out. Well, Monday I had already scheduled uh, uh, to be over at a luncheon over at uh, Owasso with Bruce McCarty and some pastors. And they were talking about Chi Alpha, which I'm super excited about. It. That's, our, that's our campus ministry to our colleges. And so Destry and Cynthia Dobbs, they've been at Oklahoma State, done a phenomenal job. They have recently moved to Tulsa. Brandon Garrett and stacy that used to be our youth pastors, they've taken over OSU. It's going strong. And so they brought their gifts and talents here to Tulsa. There are 144,000 college students in the Tulsa area when you add up all the colleges. So they are wanting to take a house in which they own. There's a mortgage on it, but they 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 have it, and they're wanting to turn it into a ministry center. And so the lunch was about coming together and be able to help provide funds to be able to get this ministry center going, so we can really be a light to our college campuses. Well, I'm sitting there. I'm like, Lord, I'm all in on that. What can we do? And so I can tell you today, our board's already met. We're giving five thousand dollars to help with that project. So thank God for that. Amen. Yeah, that's your tithes and offerings. That's missions. And so we're going to help out, get that ministry right here in our own backyard, reaching out. So I was like, Okay, Lord, that feels good. That I can we can be a part of something. We can grab a hold of something tangible and be able to see you move. And then I'm sitting there, and, and Dave Mubin, who's a pastor over at Claremore Assembly God, great friend of mine, uh, mentor. Uh, he was our youth alive director in the state for many, many years. I learned so much from him uh, when I was a youth pastor. And of course, he the pastor so we're sitting at the table there together and he says hey steve have you heard about this food program that we're doing and i say, dave you know i know a lot of churches they've kind of connected with some things but i'm not not sure specifically and the one you're talking about he goes well i've got this one here where it's kind of a stimulus package for the farmers you know where the the farmers are unable to sell their food and so the government has bought the food they've given they've partnered with distributors like farm fresh farm fresh then partners with churches and organizations in the community there's no really there's no paperwork there's no red tape how many know that's a miracle of god when you're talking about uh, you know that kind of stuff and so you know I think there's an application that they filled out to get the truck but it's pretty simple and so we just need to get food out to people he goes every single Tuesday we're getting a semi load of food and he goes and I got to be honest with you we're having a hard time giving it out to everybody I mean a semi is a lot of food right Claremore is a big place. You know, I think it's probably a little bit bigger than Queda. I'm not sure, but it seems like it is. But, you know, they, they he said, we're having a hard time. He goes, Do you want to you want to pray about it and see if you'd like to get involved with that and uh, maybe be a blessing to your community and also, you know, help us as well? I said, OK, I already knew in my spirit the answer was yes. I already knew because I've been praying that morning. So, you know, I didn't want to look, you know, too uh, overly, you know, just, you know, without <laughs> wisdom. So I waited about four or five minutes. and I said, like, OK, Dave, I've, I've prayed. <laughs> and and. uh God can answer, right? Creator of the universe. And so uh, I, I was like, well, I, I'm in. I haven't talked to anybody at church, and I hate to just put things on them, you know, like, you know, that's the worst thing I can do sometimes. Hey, guys, I got this idea. We're going to do it in 15 minutes, you know. uh <laughs> I hate doing that to them, and so basically I called Mary on the way in, I said, hey Mary, what do you think about this, I'm just throwing it out there, because we're going to have to get a trailer and a truck, and get a pallet jack, and go over there and get it, and bring it over here, and have it ready to go the next morning, be able to get cars around the parking lot, so it's not like it's going to be difficult, but there does need to be some organization, you know, and so she's like, yeah, hey, let's do it, so I talked to a couple of team members, I was like, "All right, we're going to do it, and so I think John Singleton, and he brought one of the trailers from his friends, which we appreciate so much, Tommy, thank you for that, so we got a trailer, we went over there and we loaded up three big pallets worth of food now we tied it down and we bolted it down and this old farm boy knows how to load a trailer all right but if the boxes and beneath do not have good structure and they begin to collapse it's gonna be a rough ride so we stopped about four or five times on the way here you know needless to say the last two weeks we rented a u-haul truck and we've done <laughs> and we've done much better So said we did not want to stop on the road again but I said Lord thank you I don't know what this is gonna do and I have no clue what this is going to do but just be in the light be been a ray of hope. I don't know if the people are going to eat, you know, what's in those boxes. I don't know what's going to happen. But just to be the light, to say, hey, we're in it together, and we're going to be all right. Can I tell you, the first week we did it, before we ever arrived with the food, there were close to 80 cars in the parking lot. They were parked out on the highway, and I'm like, oh, Lord, help us get them off the highway, you know. They were parked, and just within an hour, we gave out over 150 boxes worth of food that God had just placed within our hands and said, here, you want to be a light? You want to be the example? I'm going to provide, and I'm going to take care of you. Well, we went back next week. Next week, I want to say we've probably ventured out to close to 500 or over 500 vehicles and went across this parking lot, many of you, and you have received food and a blessing from God. Now, I know in the grand scheme of things, did we stop and talk to all of those individuals? Yeah, we said hello to them but did we have conversations did it go beyond just hey here's a box of dairy and produce and and some milk you know one week i was like hey if we're going to give all this milk the church went ahead and added to it we bought some honey nut cheerios to go along with it but anyway uh, you know so uh, someone said hey we can get some multi meal or something i was like man we're going to eat cereal that people like you know and so let's of course i didn't want to get cinnamon toast crunch because i didn't know if everybody liked that i would have done that but that's that's a good balance honey nut cheerios so we gave all that out And we just, I don't know what that looks like, but I do believe there's something in that. When the church can open its doors and we can say, here, we love you. We're thinking about you. We don't know if this is really going to be a huge help, but here you go. Just showing the love of Christ. And then, boy, I was just blessed to see you start showing up. You wanted to show up and help many of you come take the boxes. You were loading the cars. You were just working, working hard. And I was like, That's what the church is. Today, there's a beautiful example. There's 600 boxes of school supplies out there. They're going to go probably within an hour. We've told the people not to get here until 1 o'clock to line up. That may get here earlier probably, so be careful pulling out (laughs) today. Make it a little crazy. But I'm thinking, God, thank you. So again, these are just little examples. But when we just trust God and we just give it to him at the beginning of the day, just give it to him, don't you know that he's going to help us navigate through what we can't see, and he's going to help us to be productive and effective and be who he's called us to be. I believe that's just a beautiful example of what God is doing in all of our lives. Now, we go back to say, okay, on that day, what was happening to me? Well, God was helping me fan into the flame. Because I myself, I needed to once again, fanning into the flame is not a message that needs to be preached once every five, six, seven years. It needs to be something that happens often in our lives, multiple times throughout the year, right? Because when you have a fire, multiple times, you've got to stoke that fire and you've got to get after it. And you're only going to get what you put into it, right? How many of you know that? You're only going to get out of a fire what you feed it. And so I just had to, you know, let God begin to work inside of me again. And that's what I'd say to you as your pastor here this morning. I would say go ahead once more and fan into the flame that gift that is inside of you. How do you do that? Well, you've got to give diligent effort to your personal walk each and every day. You've got to give diligent effort to learning and understanding, applying the Word of God. You have got to give diligent effort to being a person of prayer. Every single one of us need to be people of prayer. To your worship, to your praise, and give diligent effort to the gifts that God has given you. When you do that, that flame inside of you, it'll begin to grow. In times of uncertainty, when our faith is being put to the trust, when it seems like there's no light at the end of the tunnel, there's no better time than now to stir up the gift that God has placed inside of our lives. I was just thinking to myself, you know, as we do this, children still need to be ministered to during this crazy time. Students, they're struggling. They're struggling how to handle all of this. What is truth? What is right? What can we do or are we not supposed to do? They need to be loved, they need to be reached, they need to be discipled. Adults, all of us, Need to be equipped and empowered. The lost need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Sick people need to be healed. Addicts need to be set free. Hurting people need some hope given to them that can strengthen their lives within. The church, I believe more than ever, needs to assemble together here online online or in person. We need to assemble together and we need to encourage each other. So if you're not able to be with us in person, send messages to each other. Call each other. Spur each other on. That's what the scripture says in Hebrews. Come together and spur each other on in the truth and the gospel of Jesus Christ. And communities, more than ever, need to have a light that shines in all this chaos that's going around us. God, that's who we want to be. Help us navigate through these times. And real quickly, I'll give you one more here, and that is no matter what comes against you in these moments, never be ashamed of who you are in Christ. Don't be ashamed of the truth that you believe in. Don't be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Don't worry about what someone else says about your faith or about how you're standing strong for Jesus Christ. Someone is always gonna have something negative to say in your life. Someone's always gonna be that opposite. They're always gonna be the person speaking against you. If you've done something, they're gonna tell you they've done something better. They're always just gonna try to put you in a place that's below them. Can I tell you, don't worry about any conversation like that. It's gonna be all over. You just keep being who you are in Jesus Christ. Don't back down, don't give up. Like I said earlier, don't get in a bubble. Paul to Timothy was saying, Timothy, I know you probably feel like you just want to kind of get away from everything, but can I tell you, get right up front and lead the way and never be ashamed of the call that I've placed within your life. So the hour in which we live, no matter how many people try to silence the church and try to silence the truth of Jesus Christ, you never be ashamed of what you believe and what you are called to do. Amen? Now, I go back to the scripture because I'm presenting a pretty, you know, Big thought. Some of you may be like, man, I'm just not sure if I'm wired to do that. You're wired to do that because the Lord has wired you to do so. I have to go back to scripture. How do we live in such a way, especially in times of uncertainty? Just look with me. Verse 12, verse 13. Read it slowly. Paul says, But I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed. Who do you believe this morning? Who do you believe? Who's the foundation in which you're building your knowledge upon? It's Christ. I'm convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. Follow the pattern of the sound words that you have heard from me in the faith and in the love that are in Christ Jesus. And by the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, guard the good deposit that is entrusted to you. Boy, right there is a great, great answer. How do you navigate through times of uncertainty? You do just like Paul did. And you hold on to your faith and you move forward with Christ in every single step. You see, Paul never wavered in his faith because he knew with every challenge, with every moment of uncertainty, one thing was always gonna be true. God would always help him navigate through the moment. And can I speak very personally to you? God? will always help you navigate through every moment in your life. There's never a moment where he's going to turn the light off. I'm going to be like, oh, I'm going to see if they can do this on their own. That would be foolish, right? Can you imagine the lighthouse keeper turning the light off one night just to saying, oh, these guys have done this a million times. They know where the rocks are. I'm going to turn the light off and just see what happens. Never would that have happened. God is never going to not show us the direction in which he wants to go in life. There was a lot happening around Paul. There was a lot happening around Timothy. There was a lot of uncertainty on what the church was going to look like. But they did not waver because they stood upon that faith and that gift that had been placed inside their lives. So, how do we navigate through uncertainty? How do we overcome anxiety and fear and doubt? How do we overcome being silenced? And feeling just spiritually spent how do we overcome our spiritual passion dying down within our lives well i think we have to do exactly what we see in scripture first and foremost be reminded of who you are in christ stand in that faith and then begin to fan into flame the gift of god when you do that you're going to be headed in the right direction and that's a word For this pastor, for all of you, and for every single person that's watching this online, God will always guide you if you reach out to him. Father, I thank you for just such an awesome day to be in your house. The presence, the fellowship, the family, the worship, the word. Everything that's taken place here today is so significant. It's not just emotion. We're not here to be entertained. It is significant to be here in this moment together. This word, I pray, has gone deep into the soul of every individual. I pray in the name of Jesus, that God, that you have used me today to help fan into flame the gift that is inside each and every one of them. I pray over their minds. I pray peace over their lives. I pray, Father Lord, that they will walk in that power. They'll walk in that love. They'll walk with a self-control, a discipline, a sound mind. I pray over every single one of them. I pray, Father Lord God, that each and every life that flame within, that passion within, that relationship with you. I pray that, God, that it is being stirred to place a Father, Lord, just where, God, they feel your presence and they know without question that, God, that you are using them each and every day to be a light to shine in this old world that we're living in right now. So I pray, Father Lord, I pray just spiritual renewal. I pray, Father Lord, just a stirring and a passion. I pray for those of us that have even drifted away and even fallen asleep, God, that you would wake us up here today. And I pray in the hour in which the church is living, that, Father Lord, that we can rise and we can shine brightly and burn hot for the cause of Jesus Christ. May we not get lost in all the things that are going around us. May we not get lost and put out in this toxic atmosphere. But, Father Lord, may we be able to rise and come through that, Father Lord, with truth and with power, with encouragement. Father Lord, just a confidence knowing that, Father Lord, that you're leading us in every step. Guide us, direct us. God, help every single one in their personal life right now. Help them to navigate to where you're taking them. And their families, help them to navigate what that needs to look like. And as a church, continue to help us navigate through these waters. Lord, as we are a light that shines in the darkness for all of my family here and all of my family and friends online, I pray, Father, that you pour into them this morning and fan into flame that gift that you have given them. In Jesus' name, amen. Man, he's good to us. I don't know about you. I've already studied the word. I've preached it once. Now I've preached it twice. And man, that flame just keeps getting hotter inside. I pray that that has done something inside of your life today. If you're able, I'd like for you to stand with us here this morning. And here's what I'd like to do. just going to call us to a place of prayer and a place of worship. Man, the worship team, you guys are amazing. And thank you for all that you do. They're going to sing over us here as we get ready to leave here this morning. They're just going to sing over us as we pray and as we worship the Lord. If you want to come to the altars, kneel for a while, feel free. I'm going to come and just stand before the Lord for a while. You feel free. Here in a moment, you may just want to sit back down and stay in the sanctuary. We're not going to rush you out of here at all. We're going to be here for a while because uh, we're going to be passing out some, some uh, school supplies in a little bit. You stay as long as you'd like. Let this really sink into your life and spend some time with the Lord. We all need his help navigate, helping us navigate through these times. If you're here and you got a personal request, I'm going to ask you to come up and I would love to be able to pray for you. Michelle and I, our pastoral team, our deacons, Kevin and Kelly, are just help us so much with prayer. We'd love to be able to pray with you and pray over you. If you've not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, any of us would love to be able to pray with you and lead you into that personal relationship with Jesus Christ. He takes us as we are. All of our goofiness, I just laugh at myself many times over. I'm like, Lord, thank you for taking us as we are. I love him so much. I pray that you feel his presence. I pray that you're renewed. I pray that when you leave here today, That you know that God is with you in every area of your life. Michelle, pray over us. Please. Thank you. Lord bless the word. I just uh, pray um, as pastors over these people, God, that you would put a circle around. you so much. Worship, pray, this is your time. Love you guys.